Farmers Insurance knows the difference between a car hitting your bumper and a clown car hitting your bumper. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry about that. Because we covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. gentlemen hello and welcome to lucha of the hidden temple my name is dr nove but you already knew that and this is your lucha underground review for the week of february 4th 2015 this was a pretty exciting episode of lucha underground i enjoyed it thoroughly i've watched this one i think three or four times i know it sounds weird right but here's sort of the way i go about doing these reviews i watch it on wednesday And then I will watch it again while I'm working out and sort of take it in that way. And then before I do the final taping here or the taping session here, I watch it one more time. So bare minimum, I watch these shows at least twice, but sometimes three or four times because I want to have my notes on point. I'm not really cheating ahead and using spoilers, so I'm just trying to go through it and do as close of a reading as possible and take what I can take from the text. And this week was a really fun week to take what I can take from the text. We're going to get into this Dario Cueto promo with Matanza that's about 100 words, a little under 100 words, and gets so much storytelling done and establishes so much. It's really... It's something that other wrestling promotions should study because the thing that Lucha Underground does better than WWE, TNA... New Japan, I can't really say because I don't really understand everything that's happening in the video packages. I wish I did. That would probably be pretty cool, but I don't. So I, I, I can't tell you how they do their storytelling in Dragon Gate. I don't I don't follow it, although I've heard Joe say that it's quite good and they're, they're very, really good with storytelling. So I'll, I'll just take his word for it. He's probably right. But I think what Lucha Underground does better than any other American promotion is storytelling through backstage vignettes. And we got a lot of that this week. We got some of the taped kind of action vignettes with like Pentagon Jr., but we also got Katrina and Phoenix, and we got the Cueto promo, and we also get Johnny Mundo and Dario Cueto. Let's roll right into this episode. So this episode was about a few things. It had several different goals, as all these episodes do. But one of the key goals, probably objective A in this episode, is moving Johnny Mundo down the card. I know, I'm not thrilled about it either. But Mundo is going to be feuding with Cueto. He will be feuding potentially with King Cuerno. I'm assuming that he will be fed to King Cuerno and win a bill for King Cuerno going after Prince Puma. But we, we haven't gotten there yet. Anyways, Mundo's main beef at this point is with Dario Cueto, and that's what this episode was designed to establish, and I think it does a really good job doing that. We open up with Vampiro in a weird jacket. I don't know. I, I'm not even going to spend that much time on commentary this week. I know People were sending me messages telling me it was bad, and it was bad. And we got, like, Harry Potter references, and we got Arnold Schwarzenegger references. It's the same old song every week, though. I, I don't know how many times I can say this. 
commentary meanders in a product that is really, really tight. You, so you go from these backstage segments that are exercises in precision, economy, and then you have this sprawling, meandering commentary that sometimes helps and sometimes hurts, but there's no way you would ever accuse it of being economical. Vampiro's all over the place. This is awesome. Like, I don't ever need an announcer to say that ever again. I'm a fan today. I'm a fan. There's just so much shit. But I, I feel like if I keep going down this path every week, it turns into, well, I commentary sucks on Lucha Underground. And that's not why I did the show, or that's not why I'm doing the show. I'm doing the show to give you sort of a holistic review. Commentary does kind of suck on Lucha Underground. It's, you know, it's, it's passable. I would put this week for the most part passable minus the main event, where I really thought the commentary took away from the main event, which is a shame. But what Lucha Underground does really well is the in-ring work is really solid. I think they're getting better at editing and the camera coverage and just creating more of a wrestling feel while still having their own distinct style about it. And, of course, the great professional-level storytelling and the professional-level backstage vignettes, which are what get me to come to the party, which is crazy because we're talking about like a 44-minute show and I'm here for... Shut up, Chesterfield. Don't you weigh in. No, stop. You stop, Chesterfield. And I'm here for the two to three minutes of backstage vignettes, but they're always awesome, and they always do a great job advancing everything that I'm going to see in the ring in the next week. It's what they should be doing. So we start off with Ivelisse in the ring, and she's with Son of Havoc. She grabs the microphone. She's got something to say. Ivelisse does not date losers. Eight? She doesn't. That's not what she's about. Now, here's what's weird, and I guess this is a common theme throughout the show, and I've talked about it in the past, but it's becoming more of a problem for Lucha Underground as they go forward. You have people who are clearly positioned on the heel side of the roster, and they are not staying heel with the crowd when they should be heel. For example, Son of Havoc. Yes, he's a good wrestler. Shut up, Chesterfield. Yes, he is a good wrestler. Yes, he is... One second, I'm grabbing the cat here to try to shut him up. So yeah, Son of Havoc's a good wrestler, and he is flashy. And and one thing, maybe a note I would give, I'm not a wrestler, I, I have never been in the ring, and, but a note I perhaps give is that he should lay off of the flashy taunts. He does a lot of really, really clean-looking handsprings off the ropes and that sort of thing, and ends, you know, in a pose. And I think that is getting him over with the fans. I it, Also, just all of his high-flying moves, they're very, very clean-looking. Son of Havoc should maybe stay away from the high spots and stick more to the suplexes and whatnot. That's a problem with Pentagon Jr., but then, like, how do you bridge that problem with Pentagon Jr. when he's a martial arts guy? It, it's... It's complicated, but, you know, this is just a problem I'm seeing with Lucha Underground. They're having a hard time keeping guys who are heel, heel. So, anyways, he's in a match against Angelico. Angelico, we saw debut against Cage a couple of weeks ago. I like this guy. I, you know, I, I think that he's you know, pretty solid wrestler, and his knees looked really good. Didn't love him in this role. You know who I would have used in this role? Pimpernella Escarlita, you know, or, or the, um, oh, Mascarita Sangrada, or Sagrita, Sagrada, 
fuck i sorry i i don't have his name up in front of me and I, you know you know what i mean though they should have been using maybe one of these comedy people N- not for nothing but like pimpernella needs like a win so I, I i would do it just for that reason anyways angelico's in here and this whole match is designed to tease some tension between ivalice and son of havoc N- no big surprise here you, you should have seen that coming when you saw ivalice say at the front she doesn't date losers well guess what's gonna happen son of havoc's gonna fucking lose of course he is and Angelico needed the win. So he does lose. It's stupid. It's kind of like a roll-up schmoozy or schmozzy finish and uh, Son of Havoc ends up spearing Ivelisse. You saw this episode. I didn't think too much of this. It, it was fine. This is a nice match. It's a good exhibition match and the one thing I will definitely give Lucha Underground is that they know how to do this early exhibition match where it doesn't just feel like we're killing time to the main event. Like you actually want to watch the match. And that's kind of an art in 2015. There's a lot of times where, I don't know, let's say you're watching a show like TNA. And, well, why are you watching a show like TNA? Stop that. Anyways, let's move on here. Vamp um, talks about some Havoc stalling and then he sort of puts over nah eh, fuck it you know that's just more vampiro stupid commentary i'm look reading from my note sheet here next we get a dario cueto and johnny mundo cutscene, and he's gonna be in the main event with hambone that's that's cage uh if you didn't know who destroyed the belt johnny mundo wants the belt which means he is not going to be anywhere near the belt anytime soon that's so be it so be it but you know the whole veil here the whole thing we're supposed to be taking away from this is that dario cueto is going to let bygones be bygones with johnny mundo and he's all of a sudden cool with johnny mundo one thing that has been left out here with this dario cueto thing is i do want to know how he feels about cage destroying his belt maybe we're gonna get that here so i'm not gonna jump the gun but it's been long enough that I think some sort of reaction to Cage destroying the belt that Dario Cueto spent a lot of time making nah, probably merits something here. After that, we get a Pentagon Mortal Kombat style video. Where let's talk about pun- Pentagon. I like Pentagon. Joe Lanza likes Pentagon. If you like like high octane offense, a guy's got you know kicking and punching and all that. Pentagon Jr. is your man. This guy's sweet. He does high-flying moves. He does martial art moves. The super kicks look nice. This guy's sweet. But this guy is a heel. This guy is a healy heel-heel. Like Seth Rollins-level heel. Actually, Seth Rollins is a really good comparison to Pentagon Jr. And you know what you wouldn't do if you're someone who appreciates what Seth Rollins is doing right now in terms of character? You don't cheer him. You know, Seth Rollins. Actually, let's let's do this comparison. I wasn't even prepared to go here, but I think this is actually a useful one. Pentagon Jr., he wants to be a follower, right? He, he, he keeps trying to be a follower. Seth Rollins was in The Shield. He was a guy who was hiding in numbers. Now he hides behind Triple H. You don't cheer that. Seth Rollins goes too far. He went too far on Dean Ambrose, almost ending his career with cement blocks. And we're going to see Pentagon Jr. in this match go too far on Famous B. You don't cheer that. Doesn't believe in tradition. Now, you know, in this cool Mortal Kombat video that Pentagon Jr. does, one of the key things here, which positions him not on the face side of the roster, even though he's training and becoming disciplined, but on the heel side, is that he says that he doesn't like tradition. And tradition is supposed to be a virtue 
you know, lauded in the Lucha Underground world. So Pentagon Jr. is not there. And then also, you know, Pentagon follows Chavo. And he chose Chavo. Seth Rollins chose Triple H. You don't you don't cheer this type of guy. Pentagon Jr. is a heel. And so naturally, because he's in the ring against famous B, who has never won. And, you know, let's talk about that. In a way, you know what the ultimate heel is? A guy who never fucking wins. Son of Havoc's right there, but like the thing is, Son of Havoc always looks good in his showings. It's a guy who never wins and never looks impressive in his showings. Famous B, he's not even like a heel. He's just, you know, a guy who you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that guy. Again, he's not going to win. I've seen him enough times to know that he never wins, and he won't. This isn't the nature of the show. Famous B is not, you know, maybe the right character, although that said, Lucha Underground perhaps could, you know, benefit from someone other than Big Rick. Uh, of color, of African-American descent, if you will. The crowd goes crazy for the Zero Fear chant that Pentagon Jr. has, and Pentagon Jr. cuts a promo saying he is prepared to follow somebody else. The guy doesn't even learn from his mistakes. And everyone just cheers. And everyone just cheers. I love Pentagon Jr. Let's, as we exit out of this, it's really worth noting, I like him. I think he's good, his character is a bad guy character. You boo bad guy characters, particularly if they're doing good work. Boo Seth Rollins. Don't cheer him, because that is not how his character is written. Boo Pentagon Jr. Do not cheer him, because that is not how his character is written. It's really weird, especially when I heard initially that the Lucha Underground audience was being filled with like extras and you know actor types from Hollywood. It's weird that they have made such... Conscious decisions to go against the storybook. Or maybe they don't know where the story is going and they're just letting the crowd react. I will say this, you know, not because I don't just bury commentary all the time. I think that Vampiro did a really nice job saying, and the crowd just keeps cheering for him. This has got to be fucking with his head even more. That was actually funny. I hope the writers use that. And that's really. That's what you got to do. If the crowd gives you a reaction you're not looking for, find a way to take the reaction you got and run with it. And I, I think that that may be something to work with. I think eventually Pentagon Jr. ends up as a face, but I'm really excited to see where his story goes. Lucha Underground doing their work here. Speaking of stories that I can't wait to see where it goes, let's talk about Dario Cueto and Matanza. So I actually wrote out... All of this inter or all of this promo, more or less, in substance here. Dario Cueto says, "Shut up, Chesterfield." Okay, fine. You're gonna be Matanza. Nope. If you're gonna be Matanza, you've got to shut the fuck up. No, you're not doing this right. Okay. So Cueto goes, "The news of this temple and what is happening here is spreading. It is such a shame you cannot share it with me. I wanted to let you know that she came looking for you." She calls herself a Black Lotus. She was a girl back then. You should see her now. I could have given her the key and let her come for revenge. I am not a fool. I have to protect the temple from Matanza. Pretty cool. What I like about this is it's about 78 words, right? And we get so much exposition here. So the news of the temple and what is happening here is spreading. Cueto is pleased with that. Why? We don't know yet, but a question lingers. 
It's such a shame you cannot share it with me. And, okay, he's saying this to Matanza, but he's in the cage. Why can't Matanza share it with him? What's the deal? Why keep this guy in the cage if you're scared of this monster? So he does show up and he goes, I want you to know that she came looking for you. And she calls herself the Black Lotus. So we now have her, the mysterious Asian woman's name. She's the Black Lotus. And as we're going to get exposure here, there's a lot of story that's going to go back many, many years. She was a girl back then. Well, she's not a girl now, so that was like 20 years. And I'm guessing that's where we're going to get the Alberto El Patron story as well. That will probably go back a decade or more, be my suspicion. He goes, I could have given her the key and let her come for revenge, but I'm not a fool. I have to protect the temple from Matanza. Okay, so we got a lot there at the end. The person in the cage is Matanza, so we've established that. However, Quetto also thinks that if he got free, he would hurt her. What is the deal between these three? There's this interesting triangle... And it's that Shades of Grey booking that Lucha Underground is becoming very, very adept at doing. And this this scene was just a real study in economy in narrative. And I, I can't I, I can't get over it enough. I, I really I really enjoyed this. I watched it several times. I watched it enough so that I could write it down, right? So if you didn't see this one, go back and definitely catch that scene because Matanza is going to be our new heel, and that's probably why we moved Mil Muertes out of the way while we're doing what we're doing right now with King Cuerno, which is probably a good context clue that King Cuerno is not going to win the belt because the belt's going to have to stay on a baby face in order for Matanza to really be Matanza, right? All right, next we get Drago versus Aerostar. This is just a match that was built around rebuilding Drago, but I will say that it helps Aerostar as well. Good match. Solid match. Very watchable. I would recommend watching it. It ends with a finish where Drago picks up Aerostar and helps Aerostar up, and they hold each other's arms up, and there's this mutual respect angle, and I think that was good. I think it built up Aerostar. It got him to where it needed to be. So in the case of Famous B... And Angelico, I didn't like their casting in this role, but in the case of Aerostar, I did. So that w- that was nice. After this, we get yet another backstage vignette. This time, it's between Katrina and Phoenix, and we're establishing Phoenix as having fear. We're positioning Phoenix potentially for a heel turn, and the idea of a dark Phoenix character, particularly if you did the costuming right. It's interesting. I'm sure someone's done it before in the past, and I'm sure if you wanted to, you could tweet me at Chris Novembrino, C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O, with somebody in that type of gimmick. Kind of reminds me of, like, a dark Hayabusa or something of that sort. This was fun. So Katrina kisses Phoenix because you might remember, and I say might because they didn't reestablish it at all this week. Goddamn. Milwerdes lost last episode. Like, remember, he lost the guy, he was he was undefeated, and he always won, and then he lost unceremoniously in the first match on the last episode. Yeah, we didn't even really go back to that when we were doing our last episode recap. I don't want to say they dropped, they dropped the ball. I, I don't want to say they dropped the ball. Yeah, the fuck they, the fuck they dropped the ball. I, this is a dumb usage of Mil, Mil Muertes. Anyways, Katrina is now into Phoenix because Phoenix beat Mil. That's really important because you would otherwise be watching this scene and going, why is she kissing Phoenix? Well, Phoenix beat Mil. 
And there is the chance that we could see a heel Phoenix, which would be an interesting move and necessary if Prince Puma is going to continue to be your Lucha Underground champion, even if he doesn't have a belt right now. I'll be right back to talk about the Mundo and Cage main event after a word from our sponsors. ProRisuShop.com, your only source for authentic ProRisu merch straight from Japan. Translation extraordinaire Yatsumi has helped more than 300 fans all across the world purchase authentic merchandise, and now he's bringing that savings to you. With over 300 items to choose from, ProRisuShop.com has the largest selection of New Japan and ProRisu merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Shirts, belts, trading cards, DVDs, and more from the biggest stars of Japan, like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and of course, the Bullet Club. Get them all for the same price you would pay in Japan, with worldwide shipping starting at only $6.99. For the very best in Prorosu merchandise across the world, the choice is clear. ProRosuShop.com That's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U shop.com. ProRosuShop.com all right, so Pentagon Jr.'s catchphrase is Cerro Miedo, no fear. And what did we just establish between Phoenix and Katrina? Other than that you would like Katrina to be making out with you. You, you already knew that. No, what we just established is that Phoenix has internal fear. That there's something that the tattoo on his chest doesn't shield him from. So are you with me here? What if we're positioning Pentagon to be diametrically opposed to Phoenix? And the interesting thing here is you have the bad guy who has no fear, and you have the good guy who has fear, some sort of fear that he tries to hide. And this is a man who supposedly can rise from the ashes. Interesting. We'll see where this goes. It could be something. It could be nothing at all. But something to think about, and something I thought about while I was on break here, just right during this episode taping. All right, let's get to our main event. Mudo and Cage. You know, the thing with Cage, man, I think he's all right. I just haven't seen him have a good match. It's not that he can't do the spots. It's that, like, his ring presence the, the the flow of his matches isn't quite there for me man i'm not feeling it man to quote vampiro I, I don't know what it is so this match wasn't really a match right we have cage and mundo go toe to toe but we see king cuerno up in the rafters and once you see this you know where this is going king cuerno is going to attack johnny mundo and oh hey guess what he does so he does attack johnny mundo he injures johnny mundo the match ends in a disqualification, which I guess would have been a win for Mundo. I'm not really sure how it works in Lucha Underground, but Dario Cueto comes out and says, we're not going to let the five-star matches end here, Johnny. You're going to get your finish, and, you know, then Cage turns around, comes back into the ring, and starts beating up Johnny Mundo. Johnny Mundo gives us a few hope spots, but it's obvious that he won't be able to overcome Cage because Cage is not a man. He's a machine, bro, and Cage wins. I guess the notable moments in this match for me was Dario Cueto screaming, ring the bell. Like, there's just, like, little things that he does that, that I love. Like, I really enjoy the shit out of, like, when he said ladder match and then Lucha Underground decided to loop that for 21 minutes. That was fucking awesome. Also, uh, Vampiro goes, is Dario Cueto being a dick? Which is, I guess, a way of calling Dario Cueto a dick. Joe Lanza said that he called them a dick expressly. And I guess he did. But it was in the form of a question, Joe. It was in the form of a question. 
Last, but probably not least for all of y'all, although, I again, this is, like, this is cool, and it's definitely exciting, but it's, you know, it was, you know, very quick. We have Dario Cueto on the phone with somebody, and I listened to this segment a number of times, but I just couldn't make out what he says to the person on the phone. I, I had a really hard time telling. And then Del Rio shows up, and he's not Del Rio anymore. He's El Patron, which is weird, but... Like, Del Rio used to sound stupid to me, too. And, you know, it's dumb to be like, of the Rio, because he's Mexican, get it? It's, it's sort of like, it's hitting you over the head with, a, you know, to quote Lanza, the subtlety hammer. It definitely it definitely is a little bit of that. But, it, dude, the second I see him on the screen, I'm like, oh, man, I'm really excited for this guy. Uh, heel or face, Alberto will be really, really good with this roster. I, I'm excited to see him against Pentagon Jr. in a martial arts-style match. I'm excited to see him against King Cuerno. That could be very, very cool. It would be neat to see him against Cage. You know, I, there, there's lots of different places you can use Alberto. And I think that, yeah, he is just sort of naturally telegenic as well. So this is a good pickup for Lucha Underground. Although, and Lanza says this in his review as well, I don't think it's going to move the needle. But if there was any promotion where it would move the needle, it would be Lucha Underground and... Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll disagree with them a little bit here as we're wrapping up. I think it does move the needle a little bit. And the reason is there is an open question about what is the second best promotion right now in the United States. And for my money, it's not even close. It's Lucha Underground. TNA has, you know, walked themselves right off of the damn cliff by turning everyone heel every week. Is the whole roster heel at this point? I don't know. I don't even care anymore. Uh, the best guys in that company are wasted. You, you have great talents in there and talented talented people on that roster with characters that could be good too if you use them the right way, but TNA just does whatever the fuck they want whenever the fuck they want to. Ring of Honor, they are what they are, and apparently they're having financial difficulties that'll make TNA blush, you know? TNA's now looking over at Ring of Honor going, <laughs> you thought it was bad last year. So, there's not even a question to me. Lucha Underground is doing it. They're number two. And I think in, in certain ways, they do things much better than WWE. But you already knew that. I want to thank you all so much for listening. Hit me up on Twitter. My name is Chris Novembrino, at C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O. I want to thank you all so much for listening. Go to VoicesOfWrestling.com, and please, 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 please leave our podcast a review. All the podcasts are on one great feed if you're not subscribed already. But what you could do if you really wanted to help the show, especially these days when like people don't download podcasts as much, they stream them. So I don't know how that affects the numbers. I'm sure it's tabulated somehow, but it may not be. But the point is, I'm trying to guilt trip you into writing a review, so you should really do it. That'd be nice. Come on, do it for me, please. All right, thanks. Cheers. There is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, 
and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. 